0: today. We really don't understand the full benefits of the body many times. Can we just pray tonight and say, Lord, I just trust you that this season will be a time of real discovery. It will be a time of empowerment. To be a time of delivery of the divine treasure of God. I want us to pray that the Lord will bless us individually. I want us to pray that we will experience the touch of the grace of god let's pray that there will be buoyancy there will be blossomness in this season the blessedness of god will fill our lives and our hearts and our spirit in the name of jesus i want us to pray that the power of ignorance is broken totally in our lives The knowledge of God to break him fall in our lives. The Bible declares in the book of Proverbs, true knowledge shall be just be delivered. I want us to pray tonight that the Lord will by knowledge bring immense deliverance to our lives in the name of Jesus. I want us to command that the power of God will make a delivery of the treasure of heaven to us tonight in the name of Jesus let's pray for the very presence of god to feel of this place tonight that the lord will order his word into our hearts the bible declares and the bible describes the sword that went out to sow seeds some fell by the wayside some fell in the thorns some fell in the stony ground and some fell in a good ground. Let's pray to the Lord. Make my heart a good ground for your word. Lord, And not just a good ground. I want to receive an hundredfold hundred reward. By the benefits of your word tonight. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, Father of light tonight, we we'll give you glory because you're faithful. Nothing can be accomplished without you, Spirit of the living God. We receive the entrance of the light of the word of God tonight. We break the yoke of darkness. We break the yoke of mediocrity. We diffuse the influence of ignorance in our lives. We release the power of God for illumination for illumination for illumination for there is a spirit in man the inspiration of God gives understanding we pray tonight for divine inspiration Power, pray that God may give unto you the spirit of wisdom the revelation and the knowledge of him I pray tonight the same prayer the same prayer Lord, that you will give unto everyone the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory tonight. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Just a recap, a slight recap of some of the things that the Lord has mentioned to us. But for now, part of the recap is that we need to understand the place of purpose in our lives. Every man born of a woman was born with a purpose. They might not discover it. They might not fulfill it. But God has not privileged one against the other. He hasn't done that. And the responsible to run through life never had any connection with the purpose of God. Many people have. Many people went to the grave, never had a touch with the purpose of God for their lives. They were ruined and they were messed up. They came as if they were a vapor and they disappeared without anyone knowing. Many of them were caught up in a lifestyle that never allowed them to be spiritually informed enough to understand that no man on earth today will have anything to do with God will have anything to do in life without the divine connection. And that our connection with God brings us, all shadows in, first class, into the purpose of God. The primary entry into the purpose of God is recognizing the fact that without Jesus, you will lose out. Every man on earth positional standing, without the knowledge of God, has come, will leave, will go, and will be forgotten forever. As far as God is concerned, they have not lived well. Living well has nothing to do with wealth. Living well has everything to do With understanding purpose and walking in the purpose of God. This brings me to the fact tonight that there are things about purpose that we share together. That the purpose of God in your life is very, very time sensitive. You remember that? We also mentioned that the purpose of God is established by counsel. Lastly, we mentioned the uniqueness of the purpose of God. And tonight, we're going to move higher. We're going to share together tonight on what I call purpose, gifts, and potential. Purpose, gifts, and potential. Purpose, gift, and potential. It is critical to know that every man born was born with a divine purpose. But the problem is, many because they have not discovered the purpose of God for their lives, have wasted a greater percentage of their life and of their time. I believe strongly that there are many people who are talented in the world. We have them in every walk of life. There are talented scientists. There are talented entertainers. There are talented men and women who are teachers, who have found a vocation. And when you find talented people, you will know they will be different from every other person because of the talent that God has given to them. Now God gives talent in relation to the purpose of God for people's lives. The talent may not be used to glorify him. The talent may not be employed to bring honor to God. But the truth about the matter is there is no one sent to the world by God that was not endowed by God. That is why from the days when a child is born, every parent has a responsibility to begin by perception, understand what is the uniqueness of this child. It's going to be a lot of work. It is not going to happen in a day, but I want us to know that every child born in every family has a uniqueness. They may look alike. In fact, they may be Siamese twins, but they have a unique purpose for their individual lives. Many times we make a mistake to equate one child to another or to compare them with one another. We do that a lot of times as parents when we're frustrated. Is that not true? But the truth about the matter is every child has a unique purpose for their lives. And my role as a parent is to begin to pray, to begin to watch, to become perceptive, knowing what is the uniqueness of this child. We've seen many times in the scripture. We've read it in this church before. And I'm going to mention some of those instances when Jesus was taken to the temple to be baptized. We all remember to be dedicated in the temple. What happened when Simon and Anna saw him and the statements they made, the Bible tells us, and Mary put all those things in her heart. She knew there was something unique about this baby. Don't forget, she knew that the baby was a miraculous baby. There was no doubt about that. But much more than that, she began to sense there must be something about this child's life that I need to pay attention to. In the like manner, there have been several men in the scriptures that we have seen that the parents gave attention when things happened in their life. We mentioned Joseph at some point, in, I think it was last week we mentioned about the life of Joseph. That when he in, when he related his dream to his father, the Bible said the man kept the matter in his heart. What was that perception? Is there a purpose in the life of this man that is beyond us? Am I need to change? Hallelujah. Is there a purpose in the life of this child that is unique that I need to discover? That's why I said there are certain talents in people's lives. Those talents, I believe, usually is a reflection of where God wants those children to be. And also for many of us as adults, we need to begin to pay attention. To our areas of giftings. We need to begin to pay attention to our areas of uniqueness. Now people have asked me, how is it that we talk about the gifts of the Spirit? Is the gift of the Spirit the same as talent? No. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the gift given by the Holy Spirit. We're going to read in a few moments about the gifts of the Holy Spirit but i'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because the different focus today but the truth is there is the gift of the holy spirit and the gift of the holy spirit only comes on those who are born again who are filled by the spirit of god there are three levels we have seen in the scripture the bible talks about the gift of the spirit the gift of the spirit that's when the holy spirit comes to indwell us and that happens when we give our lives to christ the holy spirit is a gift from god that's why jesus said wait for the promise of the father The Spirit will come. Peter reiterated that in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 38, while he was speaking to those who gave their life. So it's a promise of the Father for the gift of the Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit himself to come to indwell us. Now That is what we call the gifts, a plural. The, The gifts of the Spirit. That talks about the ability being given by the Holy Spirit to accomplish a divine assignment of God on earth. All of us have been divinely assigned by God. There are things that God has placed over your life. There are things you have been called to accomplish in the kingdom of God and God will give you the ability to accomplish it. That's where the gifts of the Spirit comes in. The third is what we call the fruits of the Spirit. And that is the character build-up that makes a band that have been gifted by God to succeed. A lot of time. People are gifted, but they neglect the areas of character. And that's why in the church we have promoted many people to the position of authority, but they do not have a character matchup for that position. Therefore, when they fail and fall, we complain, but we have not paid attention to the fact that we've seen one side of the Holy Spirit. The other side of the Holy Spirit is that when a man is gifted, he is also endowed with the fruit of the Spirit. How come a man has been endowed by God, but the character is nothing to write to him about? I don't understand it. If the Holy Spirit is out to walk in us, I know many of us have seen this and we're wondering, what is the correlation? The truth is, let's turn our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 18. I want us to read. Proverbs 18. Proverbs chapter 18 in verse 16. This is one scripture we're all probably at one time or the other have seen, are familiar with. But I want us to see clearly tonight what the Lord wants us to see from this passage of the scripture. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. My verse, I have one of the verses that says, "A man's gift opens the door to greatness to him." So we understand. I love this: is a man's gift makes room for him, and will bring him before great men. Great men. I want us to understand tonight that when God endows us. The gift of God in your life is directly associated with the purpose of God in your life. There is something, this is one of the clues we understand. If this is the purpose of God for my life, I will not be proposed by God to do something that I have not been equipped to do. So the gift of God, a man's gift makes room for him. I like to read that from King James Version. If somebody can help us on a King James version, yes, my brother. A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. In other words, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. We read that. But there is a question that I have here. There are two important issues that have been discussed in this scripture gift and the man. The gift and the man. Now, the two of them are entities that we must understand. It is possible for a gift to open the door for a man, but it's another thing for the man to allow the gift to make a room in his life. There are two different things. I wrote down here, the gift of a man, we make room for him. But we also need to make room for the gift. Because the giver of the gift the just not, is not just interested in us being performers. How many of us know that we all have the mindset of a performer? But scripturally, there is a deeper sense the manifestation of the gift than just performing. I believe that the gift of God in you will work out the character of God in you if you allow him. It's a missing link between a man who can speak, who can perform but you see there is something about him that does not correlate with his outward performance and that leads me to what I said the problem with our generation is that we are easily caught up with the external and lose sight of the fact that it is the internal that sustains the external. Let's turn our Bibles together to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Are we ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm only going to read the first three seven verses. Probably read verse 11. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however, you were led. Therefore, I make known unto you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. There are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit. I want us to begin with that. There are what? Diversities of gifts. In other words, God by the Spirit has exploded in the lives of his people in diverse ways. Don't come up to me as a believer to tell me, oh, I don't have any gift. No! You have been endowed by the Holy Spirit because the scriptures say there are diversities of gifts. But interestingly, it says the source of those gifts is still one, the Holy Spirit. In other words, that is one of the key fundamental issues that I want us to see tonight. That many times we've seen men exhibiting the gifts, but we do not see the giver being exhibited. If the gift is coming from a source, it should should display the reflection of the source. If you bring a material from England, there will be a kind of label to tell us it's coming from England. Every product carries the label of a producer. Is that not true, church? Every product, if it's coming from Bangladesh, it's going to be written there. If it's coming from Turkey, it's going to be written there. It carries the emblem of the source the gifts of God in our lives must carry the emblem of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? When the gifts of God begins to manifest in my life, there are certain behaviors that are not expected of the giver of the gift. If it's the Holy Spirit, holiness must accompany the gifts of God in our lives. Let's quit talking about things that we cannot understand. We see manifestations but we cannot relate with the people. Jesus said, while he was teaching on the mount, on, 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 you know, the, the, the sermon on the mount, he said, you know, by their fruit, you will know them. You will not know them by just the display, but the fruit that they produce will expose the source of the gifts in their lives. Let me take us to the book of Acts. Do we remember the young girl, a dancer, who saw Paul and saw the apostles and said, Oh, these are the men who have come to turn the world upside down. And Paul looked at her and said, There dwelling in you uh, the spirit of sorcery. Cast out that demon out of her. And the owner of the sorcery was mad with Paul. And they raised an opera in that land. A Paul was arrested together with the apostles. What am I saying? Paul sensed an average imperceptible man would not know that that advertisement was not by the Holy Spirit. It was by the spirit of sorcery. That's one of the things we need to be careful of. That as the Lord begins to promote us in our lives, who is your chief advertiser? The devil or God? (laughs) we need to be careful of that. And this lady demonstrated some interesting, what she said was true. Wasn't it true? They were the men of God who have come to turn the world upside down and indeed they turned the city upside down. Not against God, but to the glory and to the praise of his name. May the Lord use each of us to bring glory to his name. That in our own respective areas of calling, we can turn the world upside down. That God, by his grace in your life, can begin to touch lives, can begin to touch nations, can begin to impact the lives of those around you, but the gifts of God in your life. And so we understand that we have paid attention to the external, but not to the internal. I'm going to bring us to another story quickly. 1 Samuel chapter 16, the Bible speaks of a young man. His name, David, growing up in the house of his father. Was a young man, never knew anything, but was just committed to serving the family and the father taking care of the sheep. He was a faithful boy. Faithful young man. The Bible calls him, he was ruddy, he was good looking. So the gift of God has nothing to do with whether you're good looking or not. You can be handsome and be gifted and be a man of God. So the gift to God has no distinction. it works for all. Why Paul the apostle was called a bald man? He was short. So it doesn't matter what we look like. What matters is what's on the inside of us. So this young man was tending the sheep of the father. But you know what? There are many things that are going on in our lives that we do not receive the applause of men. Don't wait for the applause of men. Be genuine in your heart and your pursuit. This young man was genuine in his pursuit. He was taking care of those those sheep as if his life depended on it. So much so, without and pigeon tree, the lion and the bear came to snatch the sheep away, but this young man laid his life on the line for the sheep rescued the sheep, killed the lion, killed the bear, and I'm very convinced, I am not sure his family knew about it. If you read read that scripture, it's possible the father had no idea. Because there was no mention of that before the battle against Goliath. No mention of it. That's why there are certain testimonies in your life, wait for the right time to share them. I'm not saying we don't share testimonies. But I'm just saying that as testimonies that God has given to you, they are waiting for the right day. They are waiting for the right time. And this young man just was coming, was doing what is normal chores. But God had a different idea. God had seen his heart. God had seen his commitment. This young man was developing his skills. Go and read it at home. First Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter from 15, 16, 17. Let us read it at home. He was developing himself. He was spending time playing the, 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 the strings, playing, and just spending time. The Bible did, talked about him developing his skill that was given to him. But guess what happened one day? The man who was the king in the land had disobeyed God. And it was time for a replacement. I believe in the kingdom, even till today, there is a replacement going on. When a man disobeys God's word, disobey God's counsel, God's direction, God is going to replace him. He may still be there and doing everything, floundering around, but he's been replaced because the assignment has been given to somebody who is lower. Now, this man had disobeyed and he was, he was not repenting because God is a merciful God. When we repent, he listens, right? But he did not repent. Instead, he was defending his, you know, his sinful position. And it's one of the easiest things to do, particularly when we have position. You are up there. It's so difficult to repent and to submit ourselves when we reach the top. That's why it's easy to get up there. It's difficult to remain up. So this man, while he was being replaced, God spoke, go to the house of Jesse. It's a, different, it's a wonderful story. When Samuel got to the house of Jesse, the children were to come, and when Samuel saw Eliab, oh, huge, tall, he said, ah, oh, this is the man that God has sent me to. God said, uh-uh, I have rejected him. You know what that brings me to, it brings to my mind, for many of us who are studying the book of Psalms. Psalm 147 verse 10. Let me quote it for us. Many of us will be. It's an amazing scripture. It says that the Lord is not interested in the strength of, a, of the horse. Nor does he have pleasure in the legs of a man. The pleasure of God is to those who fear him. Verse 11. The pleasure of God is to those who, those who fear him. God is not, not enthused By your strength, physical strength and ability. No! That's where talent fails. That's where the natural talent fails. In this same scripture on 1 Samuel chapter 16, we have seen men with physical talents. But it fails. Saul was, was a man with physical talent, but it failed. There are battles that natural talent cannot win. Let me be honest with us. There are battles that natural talent cannot do what? Cannot win. It takes the it takes the power of the Holy Ghost. It takes the glory of God to overcome such. And that battle was the one that faced Israel. Israel needed a man, not just physically talented, but also empowered by the Holy Spirit. And don't forget in 1 Samuel chapter 16, as we we're bringing the brothers, God said, none of them. Go look for the young man. And they brought David. And when he showed up, God said, that's him, anoint him for me. He was anointed. But interestingly, the Bible says even he behaved himself wisely after he's been anointed. Unlike many of us today, if, ah, as you see me, I've just been ordained as a deacon. And the whole world will not rest. But this man was ordained to be a king over Israel. He did not take it to he just It was just like a normal life. He was waiting for the right time. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, a battle came against Israel. This is one of the things I noticed. The purpose of God in your life will attract a major war. That will bring to demonstration what God has implanted in you. Don't worry. The days of sowing, don't worry. The days of studying the scriptures, don't worry. The days of spending time in fasting and prayer, don't worry. The days when it appears nothing is working, don't worry. Spend time with God. One thing I know we can never do wrong as believers, you can never spend time with God wrong. It's impossible. He's the greatest father. I have seen that each time I come before him, he leaves me better than I went. So why not go again and again and again and again and again? Moses went, his face began to shine. Joshua went, he became the ruler over the people. Why is it that we shy away from his presence? The scripture says in Psalm 16, the Bible says, In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. At his right time, there are pleasures forevermore. In other words, there is power in his presence. When we spend time with him, our skills are sharpened. The glory of God manifests in our lives. We see clearly and better and brighter. And so, when David was brought forth, God raised a battle. Saul was afraid. They stood between valleys. The Egyptians, sorry, the Philistines, and also Israel. And all of them were running into a cave. Somehow, by divine arrangement, the father said, Go and give food to your brothers. The man wasn't interested in going to battle. But he went to give food to his, his brothers. While he got there, it was a divine arrangement. It was a setup by God. That while he was still talking to his brothers, he was talking to Eliab particularly, he heard... Somebody speaking. Something inside him couldn't take it. Ah, ah. How is it that a man would defy the hammer of God? How is it? I don't know what annoys you. What annoys you may be a pointer to the purpose of God. Some of us are things are things you've seen in your life. It annoys you. You feel you need to change it. You feel something needs to be done about the circumstance. Maybe it is the pointer. To what God is asking you to change? It might be a gift that God has given to you that is unique with you. You know what I saw in that scripture? When David saw all of that happen, his brother started to complain. Well, we know the haughtiness of your heart. David said, "Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason for this?" Saul said, "The other people." He kept David didn't listen to Eliyahu. He just went to what Miami was talking to them. They said, "We need to go talk to Saul." And when Saul heard about, bring him to me. To keep the long story short, Saul so gave him his armor. David said, I haven't tried this. I'll tell you something tonight. You know what David had? The Bible says, and he had his sling in his hand. Number two, he had his staff in his hand. Those are the two things David had. His sling and his staff. May I ask us tonight, what is your sling? And what is your staff? What is it that doesn't look... Like a weapon of war. Maybe that's what God has given. To be a giant killer in your life. What will kill a giant in your life may not be a popular weapon. May not be an, 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 you know, an, you know, a popular weapon, a celebrated weapon. It might be a weapon that others don't see anything great about. But the Bible said this man had a staff and he had a sling. He took off the hammer of Saul. He said, I got all I need. I have my staff, I have my sling. He went to the brook. The Bible says, got five smooth stones, put them in the shepherd's bag. So much so when Goliath saw him, Goliath said, I understand that we are fighting the battle. How about this small boy? Israel is such a funny nation. I'm just thinking like Goliath now. I'm not Goliath, but I'm just thinking like do they think we came here for his child play? And don't forget what Goliath did. There were three things Goliath did. And we need to pay attention to those three things. They're very important because the importance in the battles of our lives. Every enemy you face, always look for an advantage. Goliath knew he had an advantage. He said, give me a man. And then I'll be a man to stand on our side. You know why he said that? Goliath knew he was nine feet, nine inches tall. There was no man in Israel that was that tall. Saul was seven, seven, seven feet tall. He knew by height he had an advantage over everybody. He said, so let's fight. Every enemy looks for an advantage. Number two, Goliath knew that he could curse. He had an advantage of his own girls. Don't forget that our battles, spiritual battles are not fought physically. They are fought spiritually. So Goliath knew his advantage. Second advantage, he knew he had a connection with demons. I Want us to know that the battles of life are not their strange battles. We need to engage them by spiritual force. Don't fight a man. That's what about the weapon of our warfare, are not kind of, they are not, but they are mighty through God to so the pulling out of strongholds. That was the second thing I saw about this man. He knew the power of div- the power of battles in the realm of the spirit, and he was operating at that level. Number three. Goliath knew. I wrote on the third one. Goliath knew that his armor was enough protection for him. You may not understand that, but let me read some things to us. I read in this scripture that the coat that Goliath was wearing was 126 pounds in weight. All his, all his armor, they were made of bronze. All of them, including the What? <laughs> Nothing can penetrate. So he knew that he had all it takes to win the battle. So when we fight an enemy, the enemy stands at an advantage. Looks at what he's got and what you don't have. And David looked at all of them and said, I don't need an arm of Saul. I've got a gift from God. I've got a potential from God. I've developed it. When Saul was in doubt, David sat Saul down and said, Dad or oh, uncle, sit down. I may not look like it. Because Saul had already confronted him that this man you want to fight has been a warrior since his youth. But you are just a young man. (coughs) David said, yes, I'm a young man. But I'm a young man with a big heart. A large heart. I have seen what you have not seen. Have you killed a lion before? Have you killed a bear? I have done that. With my little age. That is why don't underrate anybody on the occasion of their age. You never know who they are. And that man saw him and said, listen one time, a lion came. A bear came. I did not only rescue the sheep, I killed the lion and I killed the bear. Now, I understand that, but I want us to listen to the next sentence he made. He said, this uncircumcised Philistine is just like one of them. I'm going to explain that to us. What does that mean? I believe this is what it means. It means the same way that I took care of my father's sheep, disallowing the lion and the bear to take care of them, this is this is my heavenly father's sheep. The same way that I deal with the earthly father's sheep, the same way I would deal with the with the earthly sorry, with the earthly father's the heavenly father's sheep. What does that mean? My father has a flock. That's my natural father, Jason. My heavenly father has a nation called Israel. If I cannot protect the sheep of my earthly father, I can protect the sheep of my heavenly father, who is the heavenly Father, God. So also, this man was not just like one of them. They stood. The Bible says he was not afraid. I'm sure Saul and the entire army of Israel they stood aghast watching. You know why? Once any of them is killed, the other soldiers are under the control of the other side. And I'm sure. Please permit me to do a little description here. That as David was running towards Goliath, everybody was packing his equipment. Once this little boy is killed. Because Saul had to ask, the Bible says, as David ran towards Goliath, Saul called Abner. That was the general of the army and said, who is this young boy? Abner said, I don't know him. How can somebody you don't know fight a battle for you? The general didn't know David. Saul said, I didn't know him either. Of course, Saul had already gone berserk at that time. He said, I don't know him. They had no idea, no clue. Do you know what I saw there? You may not be known. But the gift of God in your life will make room for you. Don't let us seek human accolades, human popularity. Let's seek to develop the gift of God in our lives. A day is coming when everything will be tested. The only thing that will sustain, that will be sustained is the gift of God in your life that will overrule. God has positioned a day to perfect his will, and to glorify himself in your life, but we need to spend this silent period of our lives developing those gifts. I'm sure they were holding their, keeping the, their weapons in their hand. As soon as he's killed, we're off. But against all their options, against all their plans, this young man went ahead. A one slingshot, Goliath was down. He ran towards Goliath, cut off his head, had his head in his hand. The entire Philistine took off and said, what is it? We've never seen this before. Ran after them. Executed them. Came back. And it was an amazement to all that a young man conquered. A giant that the entire host of Israel was running away from. Maybe you have not studied it. They were in the cave for 40 days. Thank God David came. 40 days they were afraid of Goliath. Where am I going tonight? Is that David did not only develop the external. The victory of David was not based on the external. I hope you understand that. It was not based on weapon. It was not based on popularity. No. It was based on the knowledge of God. No wonder he said to Goliath, you came to me with swords and spears and weapons of war. But I have come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. In which way do you fight your battles today? Do you fight your battles because of your uncle or your pastor or something? We fight our battles in the name of the God of Israel. He knew his God. He knew his honors in the realm of the spirit. That was why the laying on of hands, the unction of the Holy Spirit took its place and was perfected through the life of David. Why? Because the man had the criterion to be used of God. His life was perfectly connected to God. And that leads me to this. The internal is the work of the Holy Spirit in a willing, patient vessel. What does the Holy Spirit do in us in perfecting the gift of God? Number one, the Holy Spirit... The goal of the Spirit is to build in us a Christ-like character so that we can become God's pleasers in the use of our giftings for God. I'm going to say it again. The goal of the Spirit is to build in us a Christ-like character so that we can become pleasing to God in the pursuit and in the utilization of the gifts of God in our lives. Acts 10 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with fire, who went about doing good and healing out that the oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God was with him. He was doing the will of God, and God was with him. The Holy Spirit wants to walk out in our lives the Christ-like nature. The Christ-like nature. The question is, if I see the manifestation of the gifts of God in my life and something is wrong with my character, I need to go back to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, work out something in me. Work out something. I'm going to give us an example tonight. Work out something in me. There's a need for a change of my character. Otherwise, my, my gifting is too big for my character. My character needs to develop to the level of that gift. That's why there are certain times God will cease to promote us. He wants us to be patient until we are fully developed. James chapter 1. We can read the scripture in James chapter 1. This is what the scripture says in James chapter 1. Are we there to read together? The scripture says, My brethren, and candy, it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Let patience have its perfect work in your life, that you may be perfect. It says, let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. That's what the Lord wants to do. He wants us to get to the level at which we lack nothing. We are absolutely dependent on him. Number two, works of the Holy Spirit. In the willing vessel and patient vessel. The Holy Spirit will teach us the path of instruction. Because it does not want us to get so famous... that we ignore the divine instruction. How many of us know men in the scripture that got so famous... but they ignored the divine instruction? The man, Samson, was so empowered by the Holy Spirit... he had the anointing of the Holy Spirit... he, he, he was able to conquer many lands of the enemy. But Samson ignored instructions, divine instructions proxy by his parents. The Lord was instructing something through his parents. The father was telling him, these are the things not to do as a Nazarene, but Samson will not listen. He was so famous. He was so powerful. The unction and the gift was so powerful in him, but he had no character matchup. In fact, he ignored the instruction of the parents never to go to a strange land to get a wife. He married a strange woman. Gifted. But was caught shot. Number three prepare us, the work of the Holy Spirit is to prepare us for the impending warfare. The gift will attract both good and the ugly. We need to listen to that. Hallelujah. You know what I've seen? When a man is gifted by God, the gift of God in your life is like a honey. A honeycomb. It will attract all sorts. The good and the ugly. So we need to be prepared. When the good is there, you perceive. When the ugly is there, you also perceive. You know how to distinctively separate the good and the ugly. Number four. The work of the Holy Spirit is to bridle our lives, to minimize our excesses. All of us from different backgrounds are susceptible to certain excesses. But the Holy Spirit intends to bring us under his own control. So that our lives will be a under control. No one Paul said, I put under my body so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be a castaway. In fact, it got so serious in the life of Paul. In second Corinthians, says, I was so gifted above measure that the Lord gave to me the messenger of the devil, you know, to buffet me. do we remember that? To buffet me. He was so he was so gifted, he was so anointed. He got to a level, he needed a change, he needed somebody to be a caution in his life. The gift of God. Tonight, my message to us, permit the gift of God in your life to grow. I want to permit it to grow. Permit it to be developed because the gift of God in your life has a direct relevance to the purpose of God in your life. What are the basic gifts in your life? Where is the gift of God in your life? I have sinned to David it was a sling and a stone for David. To Joseph, it was interpretation of dream and the wisdom for economics. was say wisdom for economics? He knew about taxation. He knew about budgeting. It was the wisdom of God. He had a lot of discretion and he could interpret dreams. To Solomon, it was wisdom and governance. He misused it, but it was wisdom and governance. To Paul, it was knowledge and letters. Paul had knowledge. From the experience we read it, you will have seen from the Corinthians, Paul wasn't a heavy speaker like Apollos. You could see the comparison. But Paul was waiting in his writing. When you read Paul's writing, one of us are reading Paul's writing, you will imagine whether the man was a human being or not. His letter and his knowledge. To Dorcas, it was her craft. She had the ability to weave. To Apollos, it was the ability to teach know what the gift of God is in your life. I don't know your uniqueness in your life, but the uniqueness of God in your life is directly tied to the purpose of God in your life. And I believe that when God has endowed each of us with the gift of God, we need to begin to work on our potential. There is so much that you have that God wants to use to the promotion of his kingdom. I don't know what you think you have. God wants to use your potential to, to enhance his kingdom. Many of us don't know that we got so much. The potential of God in our lives must be accurately understood and it must be developed. How did I know that? I was reading the story of Jesus. I'm going to close on this. He was talking about the master who was going on a journey and gave talents to three of his servants. How many of us remember them? Five talents to one, two to one, and one to the other. Now, one of the things I found out here is that I wrote them. We read the story of the man with one talent, but it needs to strike us that that was one-third of the total. Is that not true? It was just one out of the total. One-third of, to- one of the total. There were only three of them. It was just one-third. And God was expecting the same return from one-third of, of, the, of the people. What am I saying to man? I don't know what percentage you have in the kingdom of God, but God is expecting a feedback from your life. There is a need for a feedback in your life. God is expecting a feedback in your life. Could it be that one third of the people we see, work with, play with, may be living lives and never tap into what God has endowed them with? Let me, maybe, that, maybe we don't get that right. There were three people. One out of those three did not do anything with the potential of God. Is that true? And I'm saying tonight, could it be that one third of the people we see every day? We meet with at work, we come to church together. One third of them may be doing nothing about the potential of God for their lives. Reasons? One of the reasons is that there are people with spiritual disabilities, their minds are darkened because of sin, and they will never reach out to God. We need to reach out to those people so that the glory of God can break forth in their lives. Number two, many of them have been caught up in the web on unbridled lifestyle. I saw a young man in my office recently, and I've been talking to him. Young man. But you know what happened to him? He's been caught up in drugs for many years. Somehow, I don't know what happened to his record, he was employed to do some you know, minor jobs. And when I saw him, my heart just went after him. And I went straight to him and I talked to him. How you doing? What's your name? You know, He asked for my name, I told him my name. And I said, you know... Uh, uh, did, have you ever been to church? Oh, he said, uh, "Well, yes, uh, I go to church. And I said, have you ever known Jesus? It became a big question. And I sat him down and I explained the basics of the gospel to him. I said, you know, God usually forgets our offenses. God wipes out our past. There is power in the gospel to heal and to change us and to transform our lives. He listened, so each time he saw me a little bit evasive. You he, he want to, you know, evade me a little bit. You know, this man is coming again with his with his gospel and all that. But you know, when a man is caught up under the web of drugs, he's no more in control of his life. I mean, you also know what I'm talking about, there is somebody else in charge of his life. There is an unseen being in charge of his life. He's been misguided and misdirected. And you know, may I tell us a sorry case? Such a person, if he's not delivered, will miss out on the purpose of God forever. Will miss out completely on the purpose of God. And number three, one of the reasons why the potential of God may lie dormant in our lives, even as individuals, is that some of us are lazy. We need to work on ourselves. We need to wake up and trust God. Lord, what is it that you have given to me as a potential? Lord, deliver. We We may be diligent in other areas. I don't know where you're getting this. Somebody may be diligent in the office and all that, but when it comes to the gift of God in his life, he's lazy about it. There are many faithful workers that are believers. They go to offices, they do their jobs, but when it comes to developing the gift of God in their lives, they cannot spend five minutes praying in two months. They don't like it. You know what happens? The gift of God will remain dormant, and they will never develop. May the Lord bless us. May the Lord increase us. May the purpose of God for our lives be accomplished. Let's rise up to pray tonight. I want to us believe what we're saying tonight. That the gift of God is real. The gift of God is real. I want us to begin to speak to the Lord tonight. Say, Lord, I know that you love me. I know that you have a purpose for my life. I know that I've been gifted by you. And I know you don't want me to settle down for mediocrity. it one of the dangers in the church. That we can accept a position of no sense of direction. That we can accept a position of underdeveloped potential of God in our lives. Lord, walk in me tonight. Lord, walk in me. Spirit of the living God, you are the giver of these gifts. I want us to pray that the Holy Spirit will inspire a new sense of direction in our lives. Inspire a new sense of direction in my life, Lord. Inspire a new sense of direction in my life. Spirit of the living God. Inspire a new sense of direction. Some of us have been gifted by God to to just know how to smile. You have a beautiful smile. People gravitate towards you because of that. Use it to His glory. The divine attraction that God has given to you in your life, use it to His glory. I don't want to live a life without purpose. I don't want to. I don't want to die with the potential of God in my life without fulfilling them. Some of us, God has given us a voice that will bring honor and glory to, the, to His praise. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. We're going to pray tonight. Lord, let's open our eyes. How I many of us are listening to the news? In the recent times, there was a story of a drug addict that was found. The man was a media man that was just driving past a street and saw him, but he heard him asking for money. He heard the voice. Ah! He said, What kind of a voice is that? The man told him, You're asking for money. He came back. According to the story, he was driving past that place to just see him. He would just look at him, this guy. What a voice is God! He was ragged because of drugs and addiction. The man passed by one day and said, "You know what? I came with a video. Just do some advertisement for me. Give him something to read." And the man read wonderfully. He's on he's on YouTube. And the man said, "Ah, ah! Do you know what happened? That gift." came out of the street. I don't know. We're getting took him out of the street. There are many thousands of drug addicts that are still on the streets. They will die there. But that man's gift. They brought him to NBC to interview him. A man's gift. What did he have? Church. What did he have? Voice. That's all he got. Just for, eh? he's gotten an a job with voice. Here in this nation, I've heard so many stories of many people with divine giftings. I wish the Lord, a believer would walk up to them and talk about Jesus to him. That's what I was praying for the day I saw this story. I said, oh God, give a believer an opportunity to talk to him. Because you know what? A dog will go back to his old vomit without a proper connection with the source of that gift. How many of us know that Satan was gifted? It was his gift that got into his head. It's true. He was called the son of the morning. When he showed up as an angel, it was unique. It got into his head. Let's pray tonight. Use me, Lord. Let your gift in my life bring honor and glory to you. I want us to pray, Lord, that which you have given to me as a gift, let it be developed. Some of us, are, we, are, we are people of consolation. Some of us have the gift of help. We love to help people. Thank you, Holy Spirit, tonight. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. The last prayer. There are people who are gifted, but they're in the wrong places. They're, they're in the wrong locations. I want us to pray tonight. Lord, put me in the right association. Put me in the right association. There are people who have been gifted by God in certain direction, but they are converting something else that does not have any relevance to their lives. Lord, keep me in the right association. Keep me in the right association. Lord, keep me in the right association. Keep me in the right association. Hallelujah to you. In Jesus' name. Father, what can we say about tonight? What can we say about tonight? That you're such a great God. We don't want to live a wasted life. We don't want to see you one-on-one and regret any moment of our lives. Father, we receive grace from you tonight. Help us, Father. If we've failed you in the past, forgive us. Cleanse our lives. Whatever we've been walking in disobedience, Lord, forgive us. We repent tonight. We repent tonight. Lead us in the path of life. We give you praise. Let tonight be let it not be one of those nights. Let us go back home, reflect on the truth of your word and change us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. As we go back home tonight, do, do you know that I was just standing there and the Lord reminded me that Andrew never wrote a single passage of the scripture. Andrew never had a dramatic influence in the gospel, not in the book of Hearts, but Andrew had a testimony. He introduced people to Jesus. He just brought. Him. That's all he did. How many of us know John the Baptist never did a single miracle? Not one. All he did was to preach repentance. The Lord will help us. Let's